0: Bonjour. Ogimal Penasse and Djinikaz Magizi and Totem Vancouver and Donji. This is episode 11 of Mushroom Heaven and the title of this episode is What is Satanism? So, what is Satanism? Well, Satanism began in 1966 by a by a guy named Anton Zandor Leve. He founded the Church of Satan in 1966, which he calls Year One of Satan. Three years later, he wrote a book called The Satanic Bible. Now within it, it outlines his philosophy, it outlines his religion. and. So he has what's called the nine satanic statements. Right. And essentially, this is a play on the Ten Commandments. Right. Like it's almost a mockery of the Ten Commandments. Um, But I would say in a lot of ways, the nine satanic statements are better than the Ten Commandments. Right. And there's various reasons for that, right? Don't get me wrong. There, there's some of the commandments make sense, right? But most of them don't. Most of them are just about, you know, God being jealous and vengeful and things like that. And it's kind of like, okay, well, well, what's the deal here? Anyways, so yeah, what I would like to do is read the nine satanic statements one by one and discuss them as I go along. So here we go. <clears throat> Number one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. And so I think what he's getting at here is that a lot of religions are founded on the idea of abstinence, right? Of abstaining from certain pleasures, right? Like they deny themselves um various things in life that would make them feel good because they see it as a spiritual act right and so what this satanic statement is stating is that it's okay to enjoy yourself and it's okay to indulge you know have a drink you know smoke a joint have a cigarette whatever the case may be right essentially it's saying it's okay to to enjoy life it's okay to enjoy these things now I see a parallel between this statement and Frederick Nietzsche's idea of the Dionysian dystopia which is centered on the idea of chaos and hedonism and so from there from what I recall Nietzsche talks about uh, Apollo and Dionysus, right? These are two different Greek gods, and essentially they contrast each other, right? Like Apollo is about responsibility, um, you know, I would even say abstinence, you know, and, and things of that nature, you know, very responsible, like a very straight arrow, so to speak, right? Whereas Dionysian is more unpredictable right I mean I guess I guess a good way to put it it would be a contrast between these uh, characters of uh, Batman and the Joker right one is about order and the other one is about chaos and so I, I see a parallel between what this statement is trying to say and those types of ideas all right number two satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams and so one thing to keep in mind is that satanism for the most part most branches of satanism right and there's many different branches of satanism just like there's many different branches of christianity buddhism and some of the other world religions now From what I see here, yeah, he's acknowledging the um, physical reality that we live in. I think one can make a case that uh, the theory of evolution is being alluded to here, right? And so it's a materialistic stance. Now, considering where I've been with the medicine and the magic mushrooms, I would say that I disagree with this statement because I've had spiritual experiences and for me, it's real, very real. And so with this statement, I'm, I'm going to disagree with it, right? And so essentially, uh, as, I, as I move forward on this journey, one thing I always keep in mind is one of Bruce Lee's tenets or one of his quotes. You know, it's it's, it's very simple, but very profound. And it goes something along the lines of take what's useful and discard the rest. And so that's what I'm doing as as I'm doing the research on these various things, right? I'm taking what's useful and discarding the rest, right? And so the second statement here is, is would fall in the category of discarding, getting rid of. Okay, so number three. Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. <clears throat> now there's a few different ways of looking at this. Um, for me, wisdom is acquired through experience. life experience, mistakes, learning curves, things of that nature, right? And so what he's trying to say here is, is that real wisdom comes with reflection and introspection, right? Learning from one's mistakes, learning from the past, using the past as a means of um, launching one into their present and into their future, right? As opposed to, as he calls it, hypocritical self-deceit, right? And, And so a lot of people in society deceive themselves, right? And that's kind of what he's getting at. Uh, Number four. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. And yeah, I really like this one because you know what? I am super kind to those I care about, to those who are in my inner circle. I love them so much and, and, and I would... You know, um, there there are things I would do for them, right? You know, because I care about them, right? And so and so you contrast that uh, with how he says, you know, love wasted on ingrates, right? So essentially, what he's saying is, you know, you know how people have families, right? And if we really look at it objectively and if honestly, you know, uh, some family members get along better than others. And there's some family members that don't get along at all. But there's this underlying assumption that you're still supposed to love them and you're still supposed to, etc. And so I think what this is saying here is that we need to let that go. We need to let that social construct go. Focus our energy on people that matter to us, right? And forget the rest. You know, that's what I think he's getting at here. Um, and I would add one more thought to that. You know, my conduct, my code of conduct is I'm like a mirror. I shine back to people what 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 energy they're they're giving to me. And for the most part, I'm neutral, I'm 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 respectful. Initially, I'm respectful, I, I show people respect, but you know, as soon as Somebody disrespects me, threatens me, or lies to me, I shut them out. You know, I I just want nothing to do with them anymore because I'm a straight shooter, right? I'll be straight with people. But as soon as somebody tries to pull one over my eyes, you know, I I just, I lose interest and it's like, okay, I just, I don't got time for that. You know, I want to be real. I want to be genuine and I want to be sincere, right? Okay, so number five, Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Okay, so yeah, this is pretty straightforward, right? This is just eye for an eye stuff. You know, this is about getting even. And, you know, and then it kind of plays off the last one, right? It's just, you know, when somebody does something to you, you know, you're within your right, right? metaphysically epistemologically whatever you want to call it to get back at them right and that's what uh, the fifth statement is saying okay number six satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires and for me i guess this is just talking about boundaries you know especially at work you know, rent, things of that nature. Um, and yeah, so this idea of psychic vampires, you know, there are people like that out there that will just try and feed off your light, you know, like a leech. And essentially what this is saying is, is you need to discard those, discard all of them, get rid of them. Don't be scared to say no to people. Don't be scared to tell someone to fuck off. Right. Because sometimes that's what it takes for them to get the picture. Right. Uh, You know, and that's developed through self-respect and having self-awareness about people, about psychology and about yourself. Right. Number seven. Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours who, because of his divine spiritual and intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all. So this one I disagree with. right? I I disagree with it because I think it's a very primitive, elementary way of seeing humans. And I think he's taking this stance... Because you know, maybe somebody somewhere along the line did something to him, or or whatever. You know, maybe he was betrayed, or or something like that. Um, or he's just hypercritical of anything spiritual, right? So, so the seventh uh, satanic statement um, I disagree with. And oh, and I, I would also add that this is an atheist standpoint. Uh, because of the ego uh, Some of this is true um, So yeah, yeah. sometimes our ego gets in the way And yes, it is true Humans have done some, some horrible things to the planet And we've done horrible things to each other You know, with the world wars uh, The various crimes that happen in society And things like that And I get that, trust me, I, I get that You know, people are capable of horrible things uh, But at the same time You know, I think... Some of us are capable of evolving spiritually and getting to a level that makes us better human beings and lifts up humanity as a whole. Number eight, Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental or emotional gratification. So with this one, I, I partially agree. Right. Like, because, you know, I think some of the sins in the Bible are, are not sins. You know, like if you read the Bible and some of the things it says in there and it's just like, OK, this is just really messed up. Like, like I, I don't want to get into it. But anyways. Um, so, yeah. So with this one, there's partial agreement. Right. And, and so here's an example. So, yeah. Lust is natural. And so is sex, it is ingrained in our biology, right? Like we were designed this way. We have hormones and to deny that is ignorant, right? On the other hand, greed is bad. You know, look at the 2008 financial crisis, the economic meltdown that almost crashed the world and all of it was due to greed, right? And ego, you know, people got super greedy, you know, they were making quick cash, and this big bubble formed, and then and, and next thing you know, boom, bust, right? Everybody's going broke, the government had to bail them out, and I see the root cause of that scenario as being greed, you know, especially on Wall Street, right? And so just to add a quick side note to the gratification thing, yeah, you know, I think gratification is important to a degree within reason, right? I think a friend of mine put it very well. He said, you know, moderation is key. You know, moderation is key. You know, because if you overdo anything, if you get into extremes, yeah, that's typically where problems occur, right? If you're having sex every day, multiple times a day, you know, at some point, you know, it's it's just going to lose its zest. It's it's going to lose its juice, right? So so moderation, that way you can really enjoy it when it happens. And that same concept applies to to so many other areas in life, right? Number 9. Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had, as he has kept them in business all these years. So I think with this one, he, you know, I think he's just, he's trying to be witty, right? But he's also making a very strong point, because the church right this entity this this organization this bureaucracy known as the church and i'm just using that as a general statement and it applies to all the churches that are out there right they've used satan they've used the devil as a recruiting tool and how they do this is they scare people into conversion right like in the united states I remember years back, I watched this documentary. Um, a few documentaries. One of them was by Richard Dawkins, and the other one was by Bill Maher. And there's these things called hell houses, right? And they essentially take these children and these young adolescents into a big haunt. Uh, they make uh, into a big house. Right, and they make them watch these images of like people on fire and people screaming and all this stuff, and they just brainwash these children. It is just like wow. And after it's all said and done, they're like, Would you like to turn your life over to Jesus Christ? And I mean, of course, these kids, like. It's so manipulative, it is so manipulative, it's like, wow, man, you are infringing upon people's sovereignty over their own consciousness, you're really messing with their minds, you're taking advantage of the situation, and they're just children, they're not capable of thinking critically, they're not capable of assessing the situation for what it really is. And shame on the adults that are making that happen, because it is sick and it is disgusting, right? So those are the nine satanic statements. Um, From what I recall, when I read the satanic Bible, you know, I would say about 60% of it stuck with me. 60% of it I really liked, you know, because it's really a lot about its individualism, right? It's non-conformity. It's about intelligence, right? Intelligence is one of the main principles, one of the main values uh, within Satanism, right? And and I love that, right? Knowledge, self evolution, things of that nature. Okay, so <clears throat> so that's a brief overview of the Church of Satan and the Satanic Bible. Right, so think of that as like the uh, the first computer that came out or the first version of something, right? And the first version of anything is going to have some kinks in it. It's going to have some bugs in there and it's typically not going to be the greatest, but, you know, it's a first attempt. Right. It's a first attempt at something. And, you know, I hand it to uh, Anton LaVey for, you know, uh, having what it took to get that off the ground and and all that stuff. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I I certainly do not agree with a lot of the stuff he did, but I still admire the fact that, hey, you know what? He gave it a shot. He he took an idea and he ran with it. Right. So, yeah. So that is the Church of Satan. Um, Okay. Now, I want to contrast that with a more updated version of Satanism, right? So now you could consider this as like the modern day uh, computer or, or, you know, something that's much more advanced, uh, much more well thought out, etc., uh, etc. Et okay, so there is this organization called the Satanic Temple. It was co-founded by a guy named Lucian Greaves, he's a social activist, he's been on Fox, uh, Fox News, I believe it was the Carson Show, he did two interviews with him. And both times uh, the interviewer uh, basically got upset because this guy is really smart and he was able to get the uh, reporter to agree with him, even though the reporter was trying really hard to disagree with him and make and demonize him and make him sound and discredit him and stuff like that. But it didn't work. Right. And so, yeah, uh, the satanic temple. Um, has, uh, what do they call them again? Uh, the Satanic Gospels, I guess they call them. They're not actual Gospels. They're just books that were written throughout history that really hit the core of Satanism, right? And so in researching that, or, or I, I don't know how this guy came up with it, uh, but essentially the Satanic Temple has what's called the Seven Tenets, Again, it's similar to, again, you, you get where this is going, right? So the seven tenets, okay? So we're going to contrast that with everything I just said about the nine satanic statements, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So the first one is, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Okay, so there's a few important points to be made here. We need to define compassion. What is compassion? For me, compassion is the ability to feel another's uh, sorrow, recognize the injustice in humanity, the unfairness, all these things, right? But to be able to look past that and still wanna help and still wanna make a difference, right? Um, being nice to people, et cetera. On the other hand, I do have a bit of a skewed version of compassion because sometimes compassion is telling your best friend that they're fucking up and and you got to be rough with your words so that they get the point. It's like it's like uh, it's like Buckley's, you know it tastes gross and it's yucky at first, but it's gonna help you, right? And so I think sometimes uh, compassion, when combined with truth, is, is like Buckley's, right? So you're, you're going to have to be straight with somebody and tell them exactly how it is, right? You got to call a spade a spade. And, and so that's kind of my version of compassion. Empathy, I think, is more relating to people uh, where they're at, right? Picking up on their vibrations, picking up on their emotions and being able to empathize with that, being able to be in sync with that so that you're feeling what they're feeling which allows them to process it's very therapeutic right so i see empathy as a very valid tool in human relations and it's something that we can use to to strengthen our relationships and to become better human beings number two the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions now, I think what he's getting at here is the he worded it that way because the legal system is flawed, right? Justice isn't always served. And that's just the truth, right? Innocent people get convicted. Uh, hold on, I'm going to pause this for a second while the siren goes by. Uh, murderers get set free. You know, um, like the system is very broken, right? Kind of like how I mentioned uh, in episode nine. So with that being said, it's about taking justice into your own hands. And sometimes you have to do what you have to do to make it happen. And for me personally, there are individuals in my life who've either harmed myself or my family. And yeah, you know what, when the time comes, when the time comes, you know, karma is going to reach them either in this world or in the spirit world, right? And I truly believe that. And so so that's kind of where I stand with that. Um, I also think this is a nod at anarchy, right? Uh, I consider myself an anarchist, Right. And the other thing he's getting at is, is kind of this idea of a vigilante, right? Like, uh, I don't know if there's some really good series on Netflix that, like, uh, highlight this idea of a vigilante. I'm not going to name any specifics because I don't want to give anybody any ideas. But anyways, that's, uh, that's where I'm at uh, with that uh, tenant. Uh, number three, one's body is invalu- Invaluable. Subject to one's own will alone. This one's pretty straightforward. It's about sovereignty over one's body. And that an individual is within their right to do whatever they want. Right? They want to get a tattoo. Um, I also think this is kind of alluding to uh, consent uh, in terms of sex. Right? And and so it's a very clear line. A very clear line there. Right? Right? Number four, the freedom of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To unwillfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. So, in a lot of ways, this is self-explanatory. Um, but the one aspect I like about it is the including the freedom to offend, right? So, yeah, you know what? We do have freedom. And part of my freedom is uh, speaking the truth and criticizing aspects of society that need criticism. And that comes with this freedom that we can use it to do these things. Number five. Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Um, so this one is uh, blurred for me, right? Because don't get me wrong, I, I get science and I used to be huge into science. I used to really love science. Uh, And I mean, don't get me wrong, I still do, I still see it as uh, a benefit to our society. I see it as something trying to progress knowledge in the way that it does. But science is is very slow in progressing knowledge, because they really, really want to be sure that any knowledge that is produced uh, fits the bill, right, and they have a very strict bill. To, and, and oh, and I also think that, uh, so yeah, you know, and then there's also a nod to uh, evolution, right? The theory of evolution, which I am totally uh, in support of. I, I've read about the theory of evolution through natural selection, and I've connected the dots, and yeah, it makes a lot of sense. This is the way things work, right? DNA is real, you know, genetics, etc uh, etc right? Uh, the Big Bang Theory. You know, there's cosmic radiation in space, which suggests that there was an explosion, right? And, and so it points towards the Big Bang. So with that aspect, um, I see what this tenant uh, is trying to say here. If I contrast that with where I'm at spiritually... You know, I would say that my beliefs are based on personal experience, right? With the medicine, you know, visiting these alternate realities, um, these hyper dimensions. And to back this up, Dr. Graham Hancock talks about how DMT and psilocybin returns us to our spirit It, it allows us to be in a place of spirit right? And anybody who is familiar with this type of talk understands what I'm saying. Terrence McKenna uh, postulated the stoned ape theory, right? So he did a lecture on that. Uh, somebody started a podcast for him, even though he's, he's, he's gone. He's been gone a while, right? Like he passed away. But, um... Yeah. In addition to that, you know, he also talked about aliens, UFOs. Uh, he references the goddess, right? Uh, that I think I mentioned in episode one or three, and entities, right? So this would, so for me, this would this would contradict uh, this tenant, right? The, these would be the counter arguments uh, to this tenant, right? And so that's kind of where I stand with that. Number six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake. One should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Oh, man, this man, this is beautiful, right? This, this, this is so beautiful, right? Because, yes, people make mistakes. And in my experience, you know, uh, yeah, you know, just exactly how that first sentence is written. You know, people are valuable. Yes, so true, so true, right? I'm valuable too at times. But essentially what he's trying to say here, or what this is trying to say here, is, yeah, you know, make amends. Apologize when necessary. You know, take responsibility and make up for it. Whatever the mistake is, you know, make up for it. Um, I think that's uh, really important. Um, Okay, and then the last one, uh, number seven every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought the spirit of compassion wisdom and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word and so given the nature of the satanic temple you know they're social activists right political activists. You know they've challenged various religious, um, uh, what shall we say, drama. Um, The you know how church and state are closely tied in the states. You know they're they're fighting the church state relationship, right? They think that it should be separate, and I would agree with that. I would also say that to simplify and summarize this tenet, what it's saying is do what's right. Do what's right. Period. Okay, <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. I followed the Satanic Temple for a while. Um, I, like I said, you know, there are aspects of some of their tenets that I that I can agree with, right? That I've embodied. Uh, one of the most important things about Satanism is that it's about the individual, and that the individual decides what it is and who it is they are it is not influenced or or constrained by by religion or external forces that are trying to infringe their beliefs upon him or her on the individual and so for me that's super important because it gives me a lot of freedom and a lot of liberty to explore various existential concepts Uh, epistemological constructs that work for me and so one of the things I would like to do in in a future podcast is to write my own set of tenets, my own set of statements and I'm gonna call them the seven grandfather teachings right so I'm gonna use the seven grandfather teachings I'm gonna define each one kind of like I would as if it was in a constitution or something right choose my words very carefully, and that is the code that I will live by, and it will embody aspects of Satanism. So, you know, if I'm completely honest, you know, I'm not sure 100% if I'm an actual Satanist, right? Because Satanists are typically atheists, and I'm not an atheist. However, there are aspects to Satanism that I'm really drawn to. Especially the metaphorical construct of Satan as an archetype, you know, one who took a stand, one who embodies intelligence, one who embodies integrity and individualism, right? That's, that's what it means for me, and that's essentially what the tattoos on my left forearm symbolize, right? They symbolize my satanic philosophy and my satanic beliefs, right? And I've integrated that, the left-hand path, I've integrated that with um, the spiritual enlightenment of psychedelics, of, of the magic mushrooms, right? And just my spiritual uh, spirituality um, in general, um okay so yeah i think that is all i wanted to say about satanism uh i will okay there's a few things i want okay so the symbols right the symbols within satanism for one reason or another just do something for me there's something about them it's an unspoken language And it represents my ideals. It represents who I am, how I think, and how I feel. And I'll just quickly recap uh, one of the mushroom trips I had uh, about six weeks ago. It was like the third or fourth trip. I had eaten five grams. And essentially, all I remember feeling was pure acceptance for my beliefs, pure acceptance for the satanic aspect of my being. Right? And I felt like the medicine was just washing over me and just telling me that, yeah, man, that's okay, that's cool, bro. You run with that. If that's what works for you, awesome. Right. And so I really think that's important. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, when people start using the medicine, they, they need to get familiar with who they are. They need to have some, some self-awareness, you know, whatever that looks like for you, you know, whatever that looks like for you, run with it as long as it works for you. Right. And as long as it doesn't infringe upon my beliefs or, or my being in any way. You know, um, and so, I mean, a quick example of that would be, you know, like, you know, how Bible thumpers are. They go door to door and da-da-da-da. Like, yeah, just don't do that. Don't, you, just, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, any closing thoughts on Satanism? Um you know, I, I think I'll leave it at that. I know I've left little tidbits in previous podcasts, the little crumbs about Satanism, kind of alluding to this podcast, because I knew I wanted to do this podcast at some point. It was just a matter of when. Um, oh, I guess I'll clear this up real quickly. Yeah, so there's no um, uh, there's no friggin' sacrifices or any of that crazy stuff you hear about on TV. The Satanism I'm talking about is strictly the philosophical component, right? That is, that is what I'm identifying with is the philosophical component of Satanism, right? And I just wanted to make that very clear. Um, I would argue that in a lot of ways... It has shaped me and it actually has made me a better person, believe it or not, like it really has. And, and I think that's reflected in my relationships. It's reflected in, in my friendships um, and things like that, right? So once again, I want to say thank you very much for listening to Mushroom Heaven.